Hey, hey, good morning. <laughs> Welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I don't know what just happened. It froze on my end. So um, anyway, hey, we're here. We're here. I'm Ken Walls and I am your host and I'm very excited to um, welcome a guest that I have on today. We have a couple of mutual friends, Frank Crenitti being one of them. This guy is coming in from the Philadelphia, greater Philadelphia area. I want to welcome my new friend, Joe Skelly, to the show. Joe, welcome to the show, man. Absolutely, Ken. Thank you for having me apart. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have you here. And, um, you know, I, I created this show about a year ago and um, and I've I've interviewed some amazing people. And, and and, you know, the reason I created this show was I've man, I've been uh, Frank Crenetti just shared this out. Thank you for that. Thank you to anybody who shares this out, by the way. Um, but, you know, I, I've been blessed in in life and and, um, you know, I thought how what's a what's a way I can give back the most and and so I started interviewing people every single day just to get their stories out because I believe that by hearing how other people face hardships hit those walls in life and and bust through them and succeed in spite of all the 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 crap that life can throw at you um, I think that motivates people. It helps people, man. And, and so I'm excited to have you share your story today. I, I, I you and I talked a little bit the other day and, and man, <laughs> you've, you've definitely had some ups and downs. So, um, I'm excited to have you share today. Yeah, listen, and I'm, you know, I'm excited to be able to, you know, to actually share the story. This may be the the first time really in any forum that uh, I've had an opportunity to um, to truly tell the story, you know, as it's as it's gone. And, you know, I'm, I'm clear that we all have a story, uh, you know, and so it's an opportunity, you know, to share. I think over the last number of years, the more opportunity I've had to just kind of open up and and talk honestly about the things that I've been through. You know, you realize that, uh, you know, you're not alone. We all right. have that story. And we all have things that we have to overcome. So. Right, right. So, so why don't we start with um, you just kind of sharing um, where you were born and raised. Start there. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I was born and raised in uh, Chester, Pennsylvania, just uh, outside of Philadelphia, just south of Philadelphia. So I'm about 30 minutes, uh, you know, minus some of the crazy traffic we can get direct to Center City. Um, born and raised, I've never left, you know, so, uh, you know, Delaware County, Pennsylvania is pretty much all I know. And, uh, right now I reside with my, uh, beautiful wife, Laurie and, um, my son, Dominic, who's 17 and my daughter, Brianna, who's nine. Um, we live right in, uh, Garnet Valley, Pennsylvania. So we kind of, kind of border Delaware, just outside of Philadelphia. I got you. So you're a, just so we're clear, you're a huge Steelers fan. <laughs> we, we talked about that on Monday. <laughs> I know. No. It's my life's mission to convert all of you Philly guys over to Pittsburgh. So, so, uh, hey, what'd you say? That ain't going to happen. <laughs> I don't care how many Super Bowls you win. <laughs> oh, dude. So, so, um, so listen, like growing up over in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, 
um, which is a beautiful area, by the way. If you've not been there, I suggest you go because I, I just spent eight days over there with Frank Crenitti and, and holy moly, it's beautiful, man. The rolling hills and the, the it's just it's gorgeous over in that area. So um, but let's let's you know, so talk about you know, growing up as a kid, what, what it was like with mom and dad. I mean, did you have, were your parents married, divorced? Were they, you know, what was it like for you as a kid over there? So, uh, you know, growing up was, uh, was interesting, you know, really to say the least. And, uh, you know, my mom and dad, uh, married most of, you know, my life, um, you know, only recently, uh, you know, separating, but it was, um, you know, interesting times, you know, and uh, to kind of speak honestly on it, you know, I grew up with a, an alcoholic father and, you know, I, I mean, there were times that were really difficult just with, you know, a lot of the verbal abuse, not so much physical, but, you know, the verbal abuse, you know, that kind of came with his habits. And I mean, it was hardcore, you know, he's a union truck driver and, um, you know, he liked to have, uh, you know, his phone when he, he wrapped up. And, um, you know, being a child there is, is kind of hard to really talk on, quite honestly, because, um, you know, it seemed like a, a somewhat normal existence as a young guy. I was about eight years old when I, you know, uh, became a victim of sexual abuse. And, you know, I think to be an eight year old, you know, trying to cope and deal with that. And it was it was a difficult situation that I was in, you know. And so I I kind of had some fears, I guess you could say, about the safety of my, you know, my parents, um, my brother, specifically my youngest brother, you know, about 10 years old. I had a, a younger brother born. You know, so it was just something that I more or less kept under wraps, you know, and so I tried to be as, you know, as normal in the setting growing up as I could be. Um, but it really weighed on me internally. You know, I mean, just a lot of confusion, you know, just, you know, lost, you know, needless to say, and just uh, just really struggled through my teenage years. You know, you, you try, like I said, you try to be as normal as you can with your friends and playing sports. But, you know, between the physical abuse that I endured over the course of a couple of years, you know, as an eight year old, you know, coupled with the, the verbal abuse from dad, it just uh, it left me in a, in a in a pretty lonely place, needless to say. Sure. So that's how things got started for me, you know, at a young age. Yeah. And 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 dude, I can I can relate to, to some of that stuff, man. So um, like as a, as a teenager, did you find yourself, I, I mean, I, I found myself when I, and by the way, Brett Grossman just popped on. Do you know that guy? Yeah, we met a time or two. <laughs> <laughs> good dude. Really good dude. So, yeah. so, so you, um, you know, as a teenager, I found myself, um, in, in a very, like very similar situation. And, um, I, I mean, dude, I started rebelling, man. I was, uh, I, I was, uh, yeah, I, I, I was pretty well known in the local court systems. Um, so what, what about you? What happened as a, when you, when you started, you know, hitting those, those teenage years? So, you know, I managed to get through the, you know, the early teenage years, um, you know, I mean, from an outside standpoint, I guess people looking in, you know, I seem like a just a, you know, regular teenage kid. I mean, interestingly, I really didn't have a lot of trouble. I didn't really rebel um, early on. <laughs> I say that for a little later in life. Um, but, you know, just tried to focus in on hanging out with friends. You know, those were times where you kind of left the house early in the morning, didn't return till you know, later at night. And, you know, just tried to have as much fun with the, you know, the friends as I could. But, um, you know, I've, the, you know, the, the individual that caused me to harm was, you know, a guy that lived in the neighborhood. So, I mean, from eight to 10 years old, it was, it was brutal. Yeah. Um, 
because I felt like I was always looking over my shoulder. But before long, that individual, you know, left uh, left the uh, the area. And, you know, I, I mean, like teenage years, I just was trying to have some fun, you know, just trying to pretend like it never happened. Let's just forget about it, you know, and go on living life. And uh, I was able to do that. The, the one area I struggled was probably with my grades, you know, because things were kind of crazy at home at times, you know, things weren't always right in between my right and left ear that, you know, um, fun time for me was, uh, you know, Monday through Friday during the school day. So, um, you know, my, my grades suffered, you know, that's where I wasn't very good in school. You know, the high school years were kind of awkward for me. I was happy to have them over with, but, um, my late teenage years, I started to rebel a bit, you know, and, uh, you know, I was probably 17 years old and I just had enough of being at home. I remember, you know, kind of slamming the door shut and, you know, I was going to enter out there on my own. And, you know, at the time I was, you know, working in the restaurant industry for a guy who was a bit older than me. Um, you know, I had his own townhouse and invited me an opportunity to come over and live. And what I thought was going to be a great idea, you know, I was about 30 days in. I got the bills, you know, laid out on the on the desk there. And, wow. you know, reality set in. And so although I wanted to be out on my own. Um, you know, it was a taste of the real world before I'd ever hit age 18. Um, so that was a little bit of how about, you know, how it began. And then, the, you know, the kind of party in life kind of set in at that point, you know? Wow. So, so did you graduate high school? I graduated high school. Um, you know, I graduated, I went to St. James, which is a Catholic high school, uh, in Chester PA. And interestingly, Frank and I, you know, we're in that school together and we want to, one of just a couple guys that ended up out of Garnet Valley, which is not too far from where you visited last week. And, uh, you know, that's our connection kind of came up through the through the ranks together. And and uh, we ended up out at, at Garnet Valley High School at the time it was a bit of a culture shock. You know, we uh, we ended up moving out of the area which we grew up in. Um, our house was robbed. My dad kind of went crazy trying to deal with that. Happened in between like a, a two hour window. So we felt like it was somebody that knew us and pretty much ransacked the house. And um, I was uh, let's say I was 15 at the time when we moved. My dad just couldn't get over it, and we decided to move. We ended up out in this, you know, Garnet Valley area. Yeah. So for me, yeah. the, the area, the school, you know, a bit of a culture shock, which kind of disrupted some of the sense, I guess, the normalcy that I felt like I was having through my teenage years. And I think that's why I started to really, you know, kind of rebel my late teenage years. Wow. So so here you were um, rebelling in your your teenage years. You you, you moved it. 15 frank yeah. said frank says bulldog dash jaguar what's that mean uh that's the mascots of both high schools oh. <laughs> two that can really say that yeah, we were part of both <laughs> wow so so you um so so you move at 15 years old um you're you're rebelling you're at 17 you said you you went out on your own i did Wow, yeah. man. So I, I did the same thing. So, so, and I remember slamming the door too. <laughs> yeah, so, I knocked a couple pieces of glass out of the door. I mean, I was a hot shot, man. I was, yeah. was going to make it happen. <laughs> yeah. So, so here you are um, out, out in the world now at 17, 18 years old. You, you get out of high school. Did you go to college? No, I didn't. I was the guy that was going to take a year off and then, uh, you know, go back and get the degree. And uh, that never happened. Um, so I kind of kind of worked in the restaurant business, you know, through my early 20s. Um, I ended up going to work for my uncle. I was working, you know, two jobs. I started like, you know, eight o'clock in the morning and run till, you know, basically uh, two in the morning. You know, I was going from the restaurant business working. Interestingly enough, working for my wife, um, you know, a restaurant that we have now, um, helping her out during the day and then, you wow. know, going to a printing press in the afternoon. That's what I was doing in my early 20s. But 
I'd say 17 was the first time that I really began to, to party, man. I mean, I, I probably didn't take my first drink until I was 17. And, you know, it just kind of like, uh, but I think for the first time, you know what I mean? I just kind of felt free from all the the stuff, you know? Yeah. So that's when, uh, that's when that, that, that lifestyle started to set in was my late teenage years. So, so you were, <clears throat> so you, you experienced a lot of verbal, physical, some, some, some being sexually abused, all of that as a kid. Here you are carrying this into adulthood, you know, the pain of that, the, the emotional pain of it, right? Like that, that yeah. has, I, I've been through it, man. I, I, I always said I was trying to drink that away, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and it never really worked, but you, so you started partying, you started doing all that stuff. Now you said you were working for your wife. Was she your wife at the time? No, we were actually just good friends from high school. When, uh, when I first moved into the area, we rented a home from, uh, from her aunt and uncle. So there was that next door connection. Our younger brothers were good friends and, uh, you know, we were just kind of, you know, friends through high school as much as we could be. I mean, there wasn't a, a big friendship. She drove us to school. You know, we were we were social and, you know, kind of saw each other here in the area. But uh, what happened was I was, um, you know, just making a cheesesteak here. It's kind of a funny story from my brother and his friend. And I told him, I said, hey, your sister needs to hire me. Well, that guy ran home and, and told Laurie. Next thing I know, I was working at Megan's during the day and then going around the printing press at night. But that's where our friendship evolved. And, you know, obviously eventually, uh, you know, our relationship into marriage, but it, it, it's kind of a cool story how that all went down. So, so would you say that you make a good cheesesteak? I think I do, man. I, you know, <laughs> it's kind of a rite of passage here in Philadelphia. You root for the Philadelphia Eagles and you got to learn how to Dude, <laughs> I had my first authentic <laughs> cheesesteak, you know, like I was like, at, what, what, I don't know what, what it was called, gyms or something. I don't yeah, know. Frank didn't disappoint you. He knows all the hot spots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, next time I'm out there, we got to get together and, and I'm going to have one of your cheesesteaks. So, yeah. so, so you, um, you like, okay. So now you're in your mid twenties, you still partying Oh yeah, and holding yeah. down two jobs. Yeah. Yeah. This is where the story starts to heat up a little bit. Ken. like I said, I managed to get through to high school and, you know, in teenage years, you know, to the best way I could. And, you know, I mean, ultimately I got into, to my 20s and so you know really what happened here is you know i just to kind of you know kind of take you through this 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 interesting time in my life was just you know getting out at 17 you know i'm living with like i said a guy's probably 24 25 you know to the partying's going on i mean you know like they said just you know working in that restaurant doing the printing press deal but then um you know i was also at the time working at outback steakhouse and that was a you know after i kind of you know passed through that like that whole experience you know and doing all the party and that's when i took the position at megan's you know, I was obviously, uh, you know, working, you know, for my uncle, I'd gone back home. I tried to leave that party scene because that's all we were doing most nights of the week. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to get back home and, and have a, a, you know, what I thought was a, a sense of normalcy. But um, I was 21, you know, and uh, my brother was 20. We were 15 months apart. So I pretty much, you know, grew up with my brother, Chris. And it kind of hit what I felt like was like, you know, for the first time, maybe in my life, I felt like things were just, you know, just going good. I had a good group of friends. Um, you know, we were having a good time with these friends, you know, we'd have people over, I, you know, I had the basement refinished in my parents' house where I was able to, you know, kind of hang out and spend time. And, you know, my brother and, and, you know, a few guys were hanging out, we were always, you know, doing our thing together. And, you know, one night we had gone out to a bar, 
um, you know, in, in Clifton Heights here in Delaware County. And, you know, I left early because I had this, you know, printing press job was no joke. You know, the work that I was doing there, I had to get home early. Yeah. My yeah. brother makes it back with a good friend. Uh, his name was Nick, who was living with us. You know, he was literally living with me in the basement, you know, and at the time, you know, just, you know, spending a lot of his time there just to kind of get away from his family. And uh, I remember being home that night. I remember my brother and Nick disappearing for a little bit. And uh, I'll never forget what ensued beyond that. They had taken a ride and goofing around in the car and my brother ended up flipping a car and, uh, you know, Nick was killed in the car accident. Oh, and, God, you know, I ran out my basement door, you know, ran to that scene and it's something that, um, I'll never forget, but it really started a, a downward spiral for me, you know, as, as wow. confused, as crazy as life was, you know what I mean? Leading up to that point, you know, you get about a year or two where you just feel like, okay, you know, we're through the bullshit, you know, for lack yeah. of better putting it. Yeah. And then that situation ensues, man. And I'm telling you, it was, Still to this day, um, you know, it kind of tortures my brother, um, tortures his family. I'm sure it tortures the other family. And, uh, you know, just a real difficult situation for our community here. Um, yeah. Those two families were really, uh, you know, heavily disrupted then. But, you know, trying to hang in there with my brother, you know, I remember moving out of the house again, you know, living with uh, a couple of guys. My brother, Chris, was one of them. Uh, two other guys, we had lived in a, a townhome in, in Delaware. And, you know, it was difficult times, man. I was trying to do the job, but, you know, my brother had me up all night long for about a year. You know, we really didn't know who was driving. Um, I mean, maybe Chris knew, but, you know, I mean, I think he was in such a state of shock. I think it became clear. Yeah. He didn't up on that till about a year in. So it just made a difficult situation, I think, a little bit worse. But, uh, you know, just seeing my brother go through that was was really difficult, man. So, I mean, I was up most nights of the week trying to help him through that. And, you know, then eventually my brother, you know, went to jail, you know, for the crime that he committed. And yeah deal man so i was in my um you know like my early 20s you're talking 22 23 um chris was sentenced to a couple years in jail for what had happened and uh i gotta tell you ken i just didn't care man i mean i got to a place where i really just didn't give a sh i just didn't care yeah um that's where the drinking and drugs and all that stuff was happening you know just kind of partying um i ended up having uh you know a little boy when i was 24 year old you know years old in the midst of all this craziness yeah yeah uh, i thought that might settle things down a little bit it did i guess it took the edge off a little bit um but i got into my mid-20s um you know just kind of bouncing around different places to live and um you know my wife at the time interestingly she was engaged and uh the engagement kind of fell apart she and i had always been good friends and you know, I needed a place to live she needed a roommate and you know we kind of laugh about that story now wow. that's how and it came back together and where everybody thought I was helping her through a difficult time. She was really, you know, really helping me through a, you know, a difficult uh, space. But, you know, things didn't really settle from there, man. You think getting married, you know, and I had, you know, a safe place to take my son. My wife is, you know, real reserved, as good as they get. Um, you know, I thought that would be enough to kind of kind of settle me down and, and kind of quiet the, uh, you know, the demons that lived within, man. But it, it wasn't the case. So, wow. you know, I just kind of. You know, I kind of stopped there, but you could see like in my early 20s here where, you know, you just got, got to a place where, you know, I just I didn't care, man. It was like the, the verbal abuse, the physical abuse, you know, just like everything that went wrong seemed like, you know, it was going wrong. You know, so at the time. So, so let me ask you. So the the you had a a, a, a baby at 24. <laughs> yeah. Was that with your your wife? Uh, it was with a, a previous relationship. Oh, OK. OK. So. Um, wow, man. So you were, yeah, yeah. You're, 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 a lot of, a lot of big thoughts, a lot of things. You're, you're juggling a lot of stuff at 24 years old. Um, and, and so as, as life progressed, you move in together with your now wife, um, mm -hmm. 
you weren't married though, right? You were living in sin. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But you were so. Huh? I said that's funny. I like to laugh, man. That's more um, or less what I was doing. Yeah. So <laughs> so you move in together and um, you're kind of helping each other. It sounds like. Um, and then, then how did things go at that point? I mean, and, and you were still working in her restaurant and uh, so, you know, so that the interesting thing is, you know, in my twenties, man, I mean, you name it, Ken, I had, uh, you know, I tried to do it, you know, like I, so I went from the restaurant industry, you know, I was in the printing industry. My uncle really went to bat to, to get me that position, yeah. you know, and I'm working four in the afternoon till two in the morning it was supposed to be four nights a week. You know, it ended up being all weekend long. Right. So, I mean, here's a 21, 22 year old guy, you know, working that, that, that just yeah. didn't work for me. I had other, I had a different agenda. Right. Uh, but then I found out I was going to be a dad. I'm like, I'll never see this kid, you know? So I ended up, you know, breaking free. I wanted to kind of enter the, into the sales world. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I just took a chance, you know, working in a window and siding company. You know, I went into, you know, basically fi finances, I guess you could say, you know, I ended up as a mortgage broker for a lot of years. I was wow. in direct sales. Um, you know, I tried a couple of different cracks at network marketing, um, I mean, just trying anything I could, you know, I could do just to, you know, to kind of find my way, just to create a win in life. One of the things I used to listen to my dad say to me, it's the only thing that really stands out. And he is who he is. And we have an okay relationship today. It's as good as it's going to be. Sure. Um, and back, I guess the guy did the best that he could. So I, you know, I try not to, to, you know, to blame my mistakes on him. I mean, those days are done, but you know, I mean, there was one thing that he did say, whether he realizes it or not, he had this, um, he liked to tell us we weren't going to amount to much. You know what I mean? That was one of his favorite sayings, you know, when he was pissed off, you know what I mean? And maybe it was if we continue living the way we were living. I don't know. But he, he, he'd kind of said that enough to me that I was always out to prove him wrong. Yeah. You know, I was just trying to find a win, man. I was just trying to find a way that I could, you know, have a level of success in life. And I want to I, I want to let me interrupt you there because yeah. I want to make a, a, a point about what you're talking about, because I, I again, I went through the same thing, exact same thing. And, and, you know, like you get a chip on your shoulder and, <laughs> and you get this, this, you know, I know a lot of people that have gone through that, that end up serving life sentences in prison, right? That the, they, they use the chip in a different way. Um, but you use the chip to look for, you know, ways to prove him wrong. Like, no, I, I am going to win. Right. I mean, that's right. Yeah. You know, that it became all about, you know, for me, um, right. You so, know, the problem so you, you is, got yeah, it. Wasn't, oops, go, go ahead. I wasn't able to create the win, you know, so yeah. it, it kind of mounted. Oh, you, you weren't able to create the win. Not at the time, you know, nothing seemed to work out for me. You know, I mean, going through my twenties there, you know, nothing really seemed to work out. Um, you know, we ended up getting married and, uh, you know, I just felt like my wife was kind of pulling the weight, you know, and now look, this is a, you know, an honest conversation, but you know, that's how I felt, you know, here she's running this successful restaurant. I mean, you know, just because we're married in my mind, it didn't make it mine. You know, I was looking for something that could kind of help, you know, meet her and you know, I wanted to meet her in the middle, you know, yeah. and, uh, and then just that seemed like everything we tried to do, man, it just, it, it just didn't work out for me. But, you know, looking back, it's just because of, you know, what was going on in between my right and left ear, you sure. know, I was focused on a lot of the wrong things and it's really why things didn't, um, didn't work out for me the way that I had hoped, you know, with each, with each, uh, you know, career that I began, let's say. So, yeah. 
So um, was there, you know, was really there, well. but was there a, a point? So in your twenties, things didn't work out the way you wanted them to, you hit your thirties. Was there, and you're married. Um, was there a point that it started to shift for you? Yeah. Well, and you know, let me, let me kind of walk you through. So my, I'll tell you, I was uh, in my late twenties, you know, I had a six year old son, you know, at the time of 29, he was, you know, five turning six. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd gotten married and, you know, we just moved into, you know, a beautiful home here. You know, we were able to build, you know, um, you know, 3,500 square foot home here behind my mother and father-in-law. We're driving in nice cars, you know, like, you know, between the success of the restaurant and some of the things that I were doing, let's just say moderate success, but not the success that, you know, internally, you know, I wanted to achieve, you know, things were going okay. Right. Um, you know, they really were. So, you know, but I found myself, you know, lost, man. I remember being in this home and it was more than I ever thought that I'd have in my lifetime. And I felt incomplete. And so, you know, what I realized, you know, through my twenties, I was so, I had this big hole, you know, that kind of existed inside of me. And I was just trying to fill it with, you know, the, the houses, cars, money, yep. travel, things that really don't mean a damn thing. And, right. um, you know, that's what I kind of found myself doing. And so with each goal that I did accomplish, it was almost like a shrug of the shoulders, like what now? And I got into this house and I remember laying on the couch, watching an airplane fly by one night, literally at these you know wall of windows. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so I'm here. What now? And Ken, I knew I was in trouble, man, at that point, you know, I knew that, that I was in trouble and, and still too proud to maybe go do something about it. And, uh, you know, here's what happened, man. I, I was in such pain over the course of a couple of years from like 29 to 31 that I literally walked out of the back of my house, pistol in hand and walked into the woods um, behind my house. And I wasn't coming back, man. I'd had wow. enough. That's how bad the internal struggle was. See, I told you earlier that I became so good at, at pretending that everything was OK. Yeah. Which really, I mean, I was dying inside, you know, and I never let anybody see it, yeah. um, you know, but I couldn't run from the internal pain that I was feeling. And it just nothing in, in life made sense. Not a little boy, not being married, not this, the material things, nothing. And I got down in the woods and I don't know what came over me, man. I, I, I just I guess I kind of thought, man, I'm about to put a permanent fix to some temporary problems. What am I doing? Like, I'm better than this. Um, I can't do this to my wife. I can't do this to my kids, my family. I can't do this, you know, and. Man, I'll tell you, I wrestled with my thoughts for what was, you know, probably two hours down in the woods, which felt like an eternity. Jeez. And I uh, came out of that situation and, um, you know, in more pain. And, you know, here's what ultimately happened. We had had, uh, you know, a, a, a franchise business that we got involved in. And I think this is what was, you know, kind of like just putting me to my, you know, my end here. Franchise business cost me about $240,000 to get involved in it. You know, we looked at the numbers for two years. One plus one seemed to equal, you know, four. <laughs> yeah. Went, just needed one plus one to equal two and <laughs> seven and oh eight hit man and and we got crushed yeah it's just a, a luxury business in a down economy in a hard-working blue-collar town and uh here's the thing man i lost you know a quarter of a million bucks and i blamed myself you know my wife made the decision with me but i really kind of pushed it like it would be the perfect compliment to the restaurant man and uh that was really kind of like what what really put me like you know i mean i was headed rock bottom you know and i was so upset here in the home I ended up leaving the house. I was separated from my wife for two years. I mean, it wasn't her fault, any of this stuff, but I was so unhappy that I thought the answer was to get out there on my own. And um, that wow. was a very interesting two years. I was at 34. Now, mind you, I'm 41 today. So that was, you know, I was 33 turning 34 um, when all of that went down. Um, I'm involved, you know, with a, a network marketing company. Things are okay. I'm making decent money about the middle of their marketing plan. A lot of reinvesting back into the business, you know, and yeah. 
here I am. I'm, I'm out on my own. I'm, I mean, I sold a townhome that we had. You know, I took my name off the house here, and it's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make it happen. I'll be happy. And, and what happened? And, over- and and you guys had children, right? Yeah, we had. Uh, we I, at that time now, my daughter was born, so I have my son. We have a little girl, Brianna. Um, at the time, she was three. Wow. So you know, here I am packing up my car and rolling out of here. And that's going to be the answer to all my problems. Right. And leaving um, your son who's this is this isn't even his mother. No. Nah. Wow. No, nah, but creating some confusion for him, no doubt. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he was to kind of understand. I remember trying to explain to my son. He said, Dad, you can hit me with a lot of words. But here's a here's a reality. I just want you to be happy. I remember busting into tears in my car when he said it. You know, it's wow. like this boy watching me struggle. You know, I had no idea he was paying such close attention. And uh you know, I just thought, you know, I got to get out of here. You know, I, I don't know what I, I don't I just need to free up and get out of here. And, yeah. you know, it's a blessing and a curse, man. I mean, I wish there could have been an easier way. But here's what I can tell you happened for me over, you know, that two year stretch is I got out and I fell real hard on my face. I did end up in legal trouble twice. I was in a pair of handcuffs inside of six weeks. Uh, you know, it wasn't good, you know, and uh, I just had kind of spiraled out of control. And I don't advise anybody to wait till their mid 30s with businesses, kids and responsibilities. You're going to have those types of struggles. Don't do it in your mid-30s. Looking back, I would have rather had the trouble in in my teenage years because it was a very difficult time, you know, trying to move through that. But here's the cool part, right? You know, as we kind of turn the corner, you know, I mean, I I go through that and I realized that I needed to shake the victim mentality. You know, that's what was ultimately happened to me. You know, as well as me. And that's how I was living my life. And, uh, you know, I had kind of gotten out there on my own. and, And like I said, I realized it was all me. And in order for things to change, I needed to change. You know, this wasn't anybody's fault but my own. Everything that was going on in my life was a direct result of choices and decisions that I was making or had ultimately made in my in my past. But but uh, but let me let me ask this. I mean, was that while you were sitting in jail or was it when you were 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 <laughs> I, I mean, were you just like, OK, I just got out of jail the second time or, or what 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 where was the there's always a moment, right? There's a moment of clarity. And I remember at 34 years old for me, I had a huge moment of clarity when I, when I quit drinking, but like, when was it for you? What happened? Was there something that built up to that moment where you're like, yeah, well, right enough. Yeah. You know, and it's, I'm glad you, you know, you, you know, you stopped me to point that out. Yeah. I mean, I had my hand so handcuffed to a wall, you know what I mean? In a, in a Delaware state trooper barracks, you know what I mean? From a fist fight that I was oh in this night and, you know, they were trying to get me to, you know, it, it, you know, admit what happened. And I got to be honest with you and everybody listening. I had no idea what happened. I was in such a fit of rage. I don't even know what happened. They wow. want me to admit the things I couldn't even recall, you know? So I just, sat there. They kept walking out of the room. And I mean, I'm telling you, that is the loneliest moment you will ever experience in your life when you were sitting there going, how did I get here? And, uh, handcuffed to a wall, handcuffed to a wall. And, uh, you know, I just, I could tell you this, you know, one thing about me, Ken, is my shame was never too far away. You know what I mean? With any of the big mistakes I made, I always understood it. It wasn't the guy that I wanted to be, Yeah. you know, I'm like, this is not how I want to live my life. But here's what I could tell you. The more that I tried to, you know, basically, uh, you know, dictate outcomes, the harder I fell on my face. So my way of doing things, my way of thinking, it wasn't working, man. You know, and, and that's what I remember sitting there going, I need to do something to, to, to change my life. That was the defining moment. It's like I'm going to end up dead or in jail or I'm going to start to figure things out. And I can tell you is when I soon got out of that setting there it was in the fall of you know, that was September. 
you know, by November, man, I was working harder on myself than I was anything else. And, and still to this very day, I'm still doing that work. So, what, um, it, I, yeah, I see Grant Cardone's book laying back there, The it, 10X it, Rule. Great, great, great book. But when, when you say you started working, working harder on yourself than you ever had, what, what does that mean? I mean, and, and, and another question, when you were handcuffed to that wall, <laughs> I I'm sorry, I, I can relate. Um, so not everybody can relate to that, okay? But I, I, I can. But like, were you drunk? Were you messed up on drugs? Were you sober? Uh no, just pissed off at the world, man. Oh I mean, God, you know, I, I was at a bar when it happened, but I, I got to tell you, you know, of all the times I'd been out there hanging out doing my thing, I wasn't drunk. I'd had a couple of beers. I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Wow. Uh, that's all I could say. It was a group of guys younger than myself, and, you know, they were pretty wired up, and, you know, we just ended up in a, in a fight, and it wasn't good. And uh, Wow. Wow. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if somebody could have been seriously hurt, you know, obviously in, in that moment. And, you know, that's what I kept thinking about. You know, I don't want to hurt nobody. I didn't want to cause that kind of pain for somebody else, their family. Yeah. These were a lot of the things that were obviously going through my mind. So what I did, man, is I started working with somebody that helped me make sense of what I'd been through as a kid. I mean, wow, that was the in which a lot of other things existed. I was involved in a group setting, you know, once a week um, for an hour and a half. It was, uh, you know, one on one with a doctor. Um, you know, none of that was close by. I was on City Line Avenue in Jenkintown. Probably cost me fifteen thousand dollars. It wasn't covered by insurance to get right. Yeah. But I kept saying, man, it's not what it's gonna cost me financially or time wise, it's what it's gonna cost me if I don't get the help I need. You know, and so that's what I did, you know, and I read a lot of personal development books prior to that, and I got what was being said. Yeah. All these books that I have here I read, but I didn't know how to implement any of the teachings into my life. You know, and so once I started doing that work, getting honest with myself and and just you know, moving it forward, you know, a lot of the things that I was able to read, you know what I mean, really started to impact me. But I could tell you this, and this is probably what this show is all about, man. Here's what I can tell you. The path to carriage, um, you know, and success, it really does arrive through, um, you know, embracing pain, you know, yeah, and I mean, it, obviously fear, you know, not by avoiding it. And that's what I started to do, man, just taking it head on. You know, so, so, so <laughs> let me, let me, you know, it's funny. There's, there's people that say, I don't believe in God when, dude, when you're handcuffed to a wall in a state, state police, uh, facility, you, 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 you might start like wanting to like consider that there's a power greater than you. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, and there's, well, there's no, you know, there's no doubt about it. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, you know, I've got people that all, you know, try to give me a hard time. So there's, there's, there's guys that are watching this right now that don't believe, you know, they won't believe this. You know, they're like, oh my God, I had no idea because that's how good I was when I was hanging out with them. I just wanted to let loose and not think about my troubles. Right. So like people I hung out with for a length of time that have no clue what was going on inside of me. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, what happened was my mom did invite me to church and I didn't want to go. You know, as I had faith, I didn't have it. Um, it those, didn't really those, those darn church people. <laughs> my mom was just going because my two brothers were, you know, struggling with drug addiction and, you know, like one of them wanted to go in with her. And I finally gave in just to have that, you know, because I'm tight with my mom. So I just did it for her sake, you know, to to just, you know, quite honestly, just to appease her. And, and you know, and I got in there and, you know, I just felt a little bit freed up from some of the stuff that was going on. But, you know, what happened to me there was, you know, I developed a friendship with the pastor. Yeah. And funny enough, he had some of his own troubles in life. So, 
you know, he was a, an instrumental piece, you know, the pastor of the church, um, you know, working with the doctor, surrounding myself with like-minded individuals. Yeah. Um, you know, things like that have really what helped me, you know, obviously turn the corner here. So you had you if I'm hearing you correctly and and I'm I don't want to like assume or put words in your mouth but it sounds like you had less of a drug and alcohol problem and more of an anger problem. Yeah, you could say that. And I mean, I let obviously uh, alcohol become a problem. Like for me it was like it was a way to escape reality. And you know, sure. I'm telling you, if you think you're going to open a fridge or go to a, a bar and you're going to drink to get drunk to forget it, it's a recipe for disaster. Um, so alcohol became a problem in my life, you know, yeah. because it's just my way of trying to escape. Sure. Um, sure. But it was there was a lot more of, you know, these underlying issues that were, were holding me back. Wow, dude. You, what an incredible story so far. So so here you are now in your mid 30s. You had yeah. let's see, you were separated from your wife. Right. Because yeah. you wanted to go find yourself. And when you found yourself, you found yourself handcuffed <laughs> to, to a wall. wall in a state police facility. Um, that's that's hey, man, you know, whatever it takes. Right. To find. I, I mean, whatever it takes, I guess, we, you know, I, I always said, you know, and I heard in 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 some of the places I've been that, um, you know, I know a lot of people that are recovered alcoholics like myself and, 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 you know, some people will beat themselves up and it's like, dude, it took every single last drop of alcohol that I consumed to get me to where I, I got to, like it, it, it took everything. Right. So you yeah. can't, you can't judge yourself for that. But, but so, so now <clears throat> at this point, excuse me, at this point you find yourself, um, getting better. Yeah, man. The, the lights coming on. Yeah. You know, I mean, everything just started, you know, to make uh, to make sense, you know, and I just was, you know, I was able to kind of take all of this crazy stuff that happened. The best way I can explain it is, you know, like you can't you can't like you say, you'll never forget, you know, some of the things you've been through or some of the things you did. But right. you, know, you can kind of take it. You know, I had the help of the professionals kind of pull it outside of me. You know, it was all crazy in my mind forever. Right. It kind of put it out on the table in front of me, allowed me to make sense of all of it. And it's kind of like put back inside of me in a way that I can I can kind of understand it and make sense of it, you know, sure. and, uh, and try to use it to, you know, it's not only continue to make a, a, you know, it impacts me to have these conversations, but then the hope is to try to help others through difficult times, man, because, um, like I said, I don't know much, but I know that, you know, obviously help is out there and change is possible for those that are truly struggling, man. You can, you can turn the corner and get through it. And, um, yeah. like I said, I don't have it all figured out by any means today. You know I mean? It's, it's a daily deal. It's one step at a time, but you know, here's how I know that, you know, like, you know, just to kind of like let you know where things went, you know, from there. So, you know, as I'm doing the work, you know, I basically spent a year of just, you know, from that, you know, January of that year, you know, kind of running through, it was like, there was no going out to just, you know, grab a bite to eat and have a few drinks. And that's what it was always about for me. I just, I didn't like sitting in the apartment alone. My skin would crawl. Right. Oh, here I am in this lonely place. I couldn't sit still. You know, I didn't like being by myself with myself. And um, that's what I ended up doing, doing a lot of the hard work. Um, you know, obviously making sure that I was eating right, sleeping right at that time, you know, I was in the gym taking care of myself and, um, you know, I just was focused on me and in the most selfish way, you know, possible, but in the, you know, for the best reasons imaginable. And, um, what started to happen is, you know, I'm hanging out with my wife, you know, spending time, you know, with my little girl and, you know, what we were able to do is just, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't rush that situation. It took about nine months to, to kind of come back together again. And that's what ultimately happened. I was so focused on all of the right things in my life that, 
you know, I noticed a lot of the right things started to show up, you know, most importantly, being able to reconnect with my wife, who really wasn't at fault for any of the things that went on. She just kind of got caught up in it, unfortunately. And she had no idea what I'd been through. I never opened up to talk about any of this. Wow, um, dude. Any wow. of the sexual abuse issues until I was 34 turning 35. I finally just got honest about it. Um, and that was a part of doing the work, you know, and, uh, we were able to kind of get ourselves back together. And, you know, obviously in doing so, I, you know, I took a position in financial services. So I've been at that now about six and a half years. So, and, uh, so you, and, and, okay. So, so you're go, you, like, dude, okay. Like, that's crazy. So you went through all this stuff, you, you, but like the pivotal moment for you was literally in that, was it in that cell in the state yeah. police? Yeah. Wow, dude. And, yeah, and I was so, there I was quite a few hours. And most of that time, Ken, I was, I was alone, man, in the truest sense of the word alone. Yeah. And, and that was, and then, then shortly thereafter, your mom invites you to, to join her at church. You yeah. connect with the pastor who you find out has been through his own, own stuff and and you start working on your spiritual development and self development through through other books like what are some of the books that you read i mean i have them all here you know i look i read a lot of like eckhart tolle books you know the power of nails i'm Love looking eckhart at eckhart tolle um, you know like the one brett talked about i mean i've read all of the great sales books you know yeah. um you know grant cardone's books um one of my my probably my favorite books maybe one that's going to be you know at the top of my list although it was the more recent read is uh, can't hurt me um, you know, but David Goggins, and that's a guy that in some way, shape or form, I may not have had that physical abuse like he did, but being able to come a lot of the nonsense, you know, it ultimately reach, you know, uh, you know, a great place in life is, is really what it's all about. I think everybody loves a good comeback story. And, and I've dude, always been, honest. I've that, always been honest that guy, that. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's got one, doesn't he? Oh my God. So, that guy has been through, I mean, that dude. I'm getting him on this show, man. I'm just going to make that a public announcement. I am going to have David Goggins on this show. I don't know how I'm going to make that happen, but I'm going to make that happen. That dude has been through it. And and so have you, dude. I mean, you've been through it. And, and I always, you know, the, the saying of, you know, God will never give you more than you can handle, right? I was like, why does he think so highly of me? <laughs> like, like, this is ridiculous, God. But, you know, dude, you are, like, you've really, like, you've been through it. So you get into financial services at 35, 35 that's, years old. Yeah, and, man. And yeah. tell me what happens then, because that's when you, uh, you did you already know Brett? No, no, he just, you know, kind of met each other along the way. I got my start with uh, American General Life and Accidents. I had a big corporate position when I first got started. And, you know, I just needed to do a better job balancing the transition. You know, that had kind of started when I was still out on my own, you know, that, that going through the licensing and all of that. And, you know, I knew I just needed, uh, you know, something more. And the interview I did was, you know, the guy that, you know, I just related to over the phone. And, um, you know, I'd gone out to see him. I got to tell you, riding up 95 into Philly, I, I didn't really think, life insurance, talking about people passing away as my mindset of it at the time was going to be for me. But I got into that interview and realized, man, they do a lot of great work. And I think that's a big misconception about the industry. You do a lot of great work for people, specifically business owners, why, you know, why they're still alive. You know, and I had, you know, we had the restaurant there. I saw, you know, my wife is kind of exposed to some of the dangers. And so I'd say my passion for the business was born out of my own personal needs. And thinking about my dad's health and some of the things that he'd went through, my, you know, my parents' struggles when he was sick, 
like these programs could have, uh, you know, really impacted them. So I, I got behind that almost immediately in the interview. I said, man, I got the wrong idea about this industry. I really want this job. Yeah. Well, if I get it, I need somebody to come help me. And I spent a year and a half working with them and realized quickly that I wanted to be on the independent side so I could represent more carriers, obviously, you know, represent uh, or really be able to help more people. Um, so I'm really in this business, you know, for the right reasons. And so working independently has given me the opportunity to do that. And that's kind of where the Skelly Group, you know, came about, although we do partner with, you know, um, marketing organizations that allow us the partnerships with the carriers. And, you know, it's by no coincidence that some good things have happened. But, you know, Ken, I'm, I hit you with something else here, you know, as I'm keeping an eye on the time. But, you know, here's what here's how life tends to, you know, continue to test you. Right. So I'm going and I'm let, let, let me interrupt you. Yeah, please. Don't worry about the time. This is my show, and it's 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 the internet, man. Like we man. we can go all day if you want. I don't care. So it's is, just, you know don't, don't worry big, about that. Uh, it's a pretty big bomb here. To, you know, I had to drop, but it's um, you know, I've kind of gone through. I'm doing all the work, and you know, things you know seem like you know I'm getting back on easy street, right? You know, I'm feeling okay. I've got a year and a half underneath my belt. You know, in that time, I get back home with my wife and. Things are really going well. You know, I was able to repair the relationships with my in-laws, you know, her family, my own family. Right. I think just being honest about things, you know, kind of admitting my mistakes and, and working hard to change those things. Um, yeah. You know, people were are forgiving. I wasn't sure they were going to be, but they ended up being pretty forgiving. Um, but what I could tell you is, you know, I, I'd taken a position with, um, you know, a company like still you still got the Skelly Group. But I'm working with this, you know, kind of went from the final expense days like. Let me just kind of clear it up. So I go from American General Life and Accident becomes AIG Financial Network. I yeah. wanted to kind of do something on a local level. That's where I met Brett. He and I had just kind of like, you know, become friends, you know, with some people on, on social media. They suggested I be friends with him. I send him a friend request. He sends a message. Find out we're both in financial services. We do a little bit of final expense work together. And then we transition into, you know, this other company um, where we're going to kind of specialize in mortgage protection. Um, now I'm feeling like, you know, here I am, you know, kind of taking a step up on my career. This is great. First 90 days, we're going exceptionally well. I'm 90 days in on that company and, uh, you know, a bomb is basically dropped on my family. I find out that my son, um, was sexually abused by my cousin for the better part of eight years. So from four uh. to 12 years old by my uh. cousin and Whoa, you know, dude. talk about, uh, you know, a, a test, you know, right when things are finally feeling okay, I'm thinking, I'm going to lose my, you know, I'm going to lose my damn mind. Right. And that's what I find out, you know, about my son. And, and, and look, man, I'm, I'm telling you, it's been a hell of a three years. Uh, my son is not with me today because he's, he's away getting help. That's how bad things are for him. Wow. And, uh, you know, people haven't seen me in pictures with my son or seen him around. He's, he's getting the help that he needs. And it has been a trying three years. And I can tell you without doing the work that I, you know, I did leading up to that. Here I am just making sense of my own stuff. Now I got to try and help my son through it. Not a bond I wanted with my son. And, uh, you know, it's been a very difficult time trying to help him through it. But, man, in spite of, you know, that shit, I realized my wife, you know, listen, first of all, my son needs me. Yeah. My family needs me, my wife and daughter, right? You know, I got to hold it together. You told me this five or six years ago. I'd have walked into that house and taken him out. You know, that would have been my statement. Um, but you can't do those things, you know, not when you're faced with it at that point in time. It's like I, I got to hold it together. And be there for my family. And I got to tell you, Ken, I've been able to do just that, man. I mean, so by, you know, by doing the work, you know, and really being able to, you know, to kind of operate with a wise mind, a clear mind, you know, as I like to say, you know, I've been able to um, hold it together. But, you know, Dude, it has, uh, man. So in spite of that, you know, I've had a lot of success, you know what I mean, on a, on a professional side. And somehow I can tell you, even though we're going through a tough, a lot of tough stuff as a family, man, my, my life is good.
you know, and we're going to get through this. So, you know, I, I mean, I have two daughters and um, my youngest will be nine next month. Um, and I have a 13 year old. And I've always said, if anybody ever harmed my children, I would take them out, like legit take them out. Like, I, I, <laughs> right. And, yeah. but yet when you're faced with that, the reality of that, um, something else takes over and protects you from that. Like, right. I mean, it did, you know, wow, and, man, dude, first off, you know, my heart goes out to you and, and your, your son. Um, that's, that's freaking insane, man. That's insane. Um, but you know, I also know that, that, um, along the way you've experienced, um, tremendous financial success like tremendous big time yeah. like you yeah. guys are doing uh, can i say it can i use yeah. the m word you're doing millions right yeah i mean well you know the restaurant's a small eight table restaurant it does about a half a million dollars a year you know operating the financial services uh you know i have 32 agents you'll notice on the board behind me that i manage in nine states that's awesome he's uh, doing you know 1.5 million a year and Look, man, we're really just getting started, you know, and so, uh, you know, things are good in that sense. I love what I do. I'm in it for the right reasons. You know, I like helping and taking care of people. And, you know, I said, in spite of a lot of tough stuff going on, man, you know, like I just choose to look at all the positives that are happening around me at this point. You know, there, there is no victim mentality with me anymore. Shit happens in life. Um, but it's how we deal with it. It's how we handle it. You know what I mean? To kind of define who we are as, as individuals. And, you know, I'm not going to let anything get to me, man. I guess that's where that title that book can't hurt me. You know, that's why I'm so connected to it. it yeah. It's just nothing can really get at me, man. I mean, as long as people are breathing air, Ken, there's hope. You know that, what I'm saying? Dude, you know, and, and, and think about, you know, like, think about this. The, the reality is, 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 you know, it was, it wasn't that long ago that you walked out into the woods with a, a pistol in your hand and spent two hours out there thinking about, whether or not you should, 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 you know, end it. And, 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 you know, you didn't, had you done that, like who would be there for your son? Right? Like how, how would that have gone down? So like, dude, everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. I truly believe that if we take responsibility and you've done that, dude, yeah, I mean, I, look, it hasn't been easy, um, but it has been, uh, you know, so worth it because um, you're right. That's what I kept thinking. You know, I got a, I got a little boy here, you know, and I didn't know any of this stuff was going on with him. But, you know, I know he he needed me. I didn't want to take the easy way out. You know, I, I decided in as one of those other defining moments for me, you know, the, the the situation with my back up against a tree, not too far from the back of my house and being handcuffed to a wall, you know, were some defining moments in my life. And uh, like, I understand people's struggles, man. You know, I do. I know a lot of people out there are hurting and going through it, you know, and yeah, probably wondering if they can turn it around, you know, and uh you know, that's why I guess I felt compelled to have a conversation, an honest conversation today to say, look, man, you can you can get through it. You know, I mean, I used to think life was so hard. I don't I don't really believe that it is anymore. You know what I mean? It's just like I said, one day at a time. Look, some days are better than others. Right, man. But yeah, in all, I've got a lot of blessings in life, you know, and, you know, we're going to work hard to get my son to, to where he needs to be so that he can live the life that he deserves. But, um, you know, I'm focused on all of the right things, you know, and a lot of challenges behind me, you know, Um and so, like I said, it's no, by no coincidence, because I keep working hard. I keep doing the work. Yeah. 
Um, you know, I mean, I still get together and talk once a week. I am still doing the work. And I mean, there's no end in sight on that, right? There's Dude, no that, agenda. See, that, that's, that's, so I love that, man. I love hearing that because that's where, that's, and, and again, I'm not making this about me or anybody else, but like, that's where people don't, don't get it. They, 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 they start, things start going well for them. And then they stop doing the things that were making it go well. Like, what the hell's wrong with you, man? Like, start doing the stuff. Like, oh, I went to church and accepted, you know, Jesus as my savior. My life turned around and then I started becoming an idiot again. Like, what? Like, dude, just keep doing what you were doing that was making your life go up. Like, keep doing that stuff, right? Let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you this. And I, I want it from your opinion because I know that you know, you have all these agents that you manage, you have, you guys are doing, I know you're, you're, you're doing millions of dollars in business now and you're, you're really killing it. Um, and, and, you know, I know you're dealing with the thing with your son and, and that's awesome that you're doing, you're helping with that. Right. Because how many kids grow up that never tell anybody, nobody ever finds out and, and it's screwed. Right. Right. Yeah. They One find them. themselves handcuffed to a freaking jail wall <laughs> right? because they never dealt with the pain and the, 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 and processed all of that. But so, so let me ask you this. What do you think in your opinion, what do you think holds most people back in life? Because I have met literally thousands and thousands of people um, I've hired, I don't even know how many salespeople and trained over the years, but, but you know, they always have excuses. Like people just have these damn excuses in life, man. And, but what, what do you think it is that, that holds people back the most? Um, I could probably sum it up in one word, fear, you know, false evidence appearing real. Yeah. And, you know, people just find it easier to live inside the comfort zone, you know? And, uh, you know, and that's, you know, I guess I learned a little while back, you know, everything you want is, is just, you know, just outside of that comfort zone. So I, I guess, you know, um, you know, people are afraid to, to get uncomfortable, you know, and I think one of the things that I've learned to do is, is I've gotten, you know, comfortable with being uncomfortable, you know, and yeah. just, you know, even like when I talk with guys like Frank, we had a conversation the other day, I mean, we're always trying to go like, you know, it's, it's next level, you know, and you know, you find yourself just wanting to surround yourself with people that are going that direction. You know, I still love everybody that isn't, you know, I have a lot of great relationships there and people don't always understand what I do or, you know, or where my head's at these days, you know, because you, you know, they don't understand like all the stuff we talked about today, probably didn't know most of it. But, um, you know, I personally just fear, you know, feel that fear just, you know, holds people back, man, you know, and then just staying, like I said, within, within the comfort zone seems like the easier thing to do. But, uh, you know, it's just not the, you know, the life that I personally want to live. You know, I wanted to, you know, like I said, I always knew how I wanted to do it. Um, you know, I knew the kind of guy that I wanted to be. I know the way that I wanted to live my life. And, uh, you know, I'm going to do what it takes at this point, you know, to make sure that that happens. I mean, I'm 41. Yeah. Uh, I don't like maybe how the first half of, you know, I kind of look at it like this, like I'm maybe at the halfway point. Who the hell really knows? But right. that's, my mindset is that. Sure. I got, I got the rest of my life ahead of me, man. And, um, you know, I'm going to live it out on, you know, on my terms the right way. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean I'm, I'm trying to dictate control like I did in the past. It just means I'm going to work hard and remain focused on the things that are important, which is, you know, which is my family. It's all about a work family balance for me right now. And, 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 and it sounds like it's also about flowing, you know, flowing positive energy and, 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 and help 
genuine help to other people. Like that's it, man. There's a lot of talking heads on social media. You see it, you know, Oh, go help. But they don't really help other people. They, they just talk about helping other people. And you seem like one of those people that actually put, puts your money where your mouth is, so to speak. You know, um, I know you're involved in, in the, the, the Delco group, the charity group with Frank and, and, uh, I was talking, <laughs> I was talking to Frank last night, he called me and, and we were talking about the, the dinner thing. And he said you were going to be there. And so, um, you know, I, and I think it's absolutely amazing. That's what life is about, man. Like, I don't give a crap how much money you've accumulated. I don't care how many private jets you own or how many cars you have. I, it, none of that. If you're, if that's, if that's it, if that's it and and you're not helping other people reach to the the next rung and get to the next place in life then you suck I mean that's it yeah I mean I, I tell Frank I told him when I last time we talked and I'm all about you know at this point in my personal life and professional career it's really all about building meaningful relationships yeah and uh, you know looking to be a you know servant leader in the business and industry that I'm in but it's all about being able to give back to others. And what I love about what those guys have done with that group is it's a way for, you know, a core group of us to really be able to network and maybe continue to help one another in business. Yeah. You know, all the while allowing us, you know, continuing to allow us the opportunity to be able to give back to our community. So, exactly. I mean, it's a awesome thing that they put together and, you know, why would you not want to be a part of such a thing? Amen, dude. I, I, thousand percent agree. And that's the thing is, you know, it's, it's, it's natural that if, if you help other people like help just comes to you. It's natural. So, so let me ask you this. I've, you know, I've told this story before, but I had a, 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 an employee walk into my office one day. He goes, Hey, uh, boss, there's, um, some dude looking in the windows of your SUV. And I was in a meeting. I said, well, tell him to get the hell out of here. He's like, well, I would, but he's got it blocked with a tow truck. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, that's not good. <laughs> I'm like, well, you guys all got paid, right? So um, I had my car repossessed in front of all my employees one day, and that was a bad day. But my, my, my question for you is this. You know, I've been there. I've been through the crap in life. You've been through the crap in life. Um, somebody that's losing everything. Somebody that's just, lo they're losing everything. Maybe their electric's being shut off tomorrow and they're being evicted. Their car was repossessed. They're, it's just all hitting the fan right now. What do you say to that person if they called you up and laid all that on you? What do you say to them to help them get through that moment? Because you know how difficult those moments are. It's mental, right? Like it, it, it really is. How do you help them get through that? Well, I mean, that's a, you know, look, it's a great question, you know, and uh, I know there's a lot of people that are obviously going through it out there. But, you know, look, based on a lot of the things that we talked about, things I've been through, you've been through, a lot of others have been through. I mean, one thing we understand is that, you know, these things um, are temporary, you know, and I think that, you know, if somebody's really reached that place, you know, I mean, just considering what I've been through, I mean, I would, you know, and I have these talks with people is that you have to take an honest look at, you know, at your life, you know, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Ultimately, you know, caused you to be in the situation that you're in, right? Because every tough situation I was in, I, like I said, I knew that I had, I had a big hand in getting myself there. Yeah. Uh, it was choices and decisions that, you know, that I was making. 
And so I would try to help an individual identify, you know, maybe some of the things that they're doing to, to kind of cause the trouble in their life and, you know, and begin to, to try to help them find ways to, to make some changes. I mean, it doesn't happen. It might be in temporary and maybe the change doesn't happen overnight. Um, but, you know, I mean, you also have to do in that moment, right? If all those things are happening, then you, you got to do whatever you have to do. Yep. You know what I mean? Ends meet, right? I mean, we hear a lot of those stories, too. I mean, that'd be the first thing that I'd say. So if I had an agent that was struggling, you know, given the position that we're in and the, and the way we get paid, like, then you got to go work some kind of part-time job. I mean, you've got to do something to be yep. able to hold yourself together, you know, and, and, and then, you know, we could kind of build towards, you know, obviously uh, putting you in a position where you never have to experience that again. But, you know, having a whatever it takes, I guess, you know, attitude and mindset to turn it around, but, you know, trying to work them through some of the things that are that are that are causing those problems. Right. Because it's not just a stroke of a bad luck or it's not the president's fault or, you know, I mean, you know, things that are going on in the world. Right? I mean, you hear all this stuff that's it's, you know, everybody blames something, you know, and something right. for their problems. No, man, it starts and ends with us, the person that we look at and see in the mirror. And um, I know this, you know, if for me, it's just, you know, a statement that I, you know, I learned a long time ago and I think it, you know, it's a powerful statement. I feel that, you know, the world we live in would be a better place if people stopped uh, pointing fingers and started helping, um, you know, lending some helping hands. That's kind of where I'm at with it. So yeah. people give a call. I mean, look, we've all been through shit, but that doesn't mean that that's, you know, that doesn't define who we're going to be as we live it out, you know, so let the stuff go and yeah. uh, you know, start, you know, working on making it better. So that's what I would say, man, just get out of your own way and and, you know, and start and start making it happen. That's, you know, like I said, what I was able to do. You know, it, it reminds me of, um, you know, Zig, everybody's heard of Zig Ziglar. Um, and if you haven't, <laughs> well, what rock have you been living First under? First sales book I ever read, Ken. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, mine, uh, he, he brought me up in sales and, 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 you know, his, it, what's crazy to me is, his um his son and and daughters are are good friends of mine and i actually built the website for julie julie ziegler like it i built her website she's a dear friend of mine but when i was in the headquarters down in dallas months ago um they gave me a couple of things and one is the zig ziegler's little book of big quotes and the very first when you open this thing up the very first thing, if I can get the camera angle right, you can have everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. You know, and Zig Ziglar said, I, I, I'll never forget this, man. Like there, there was this thing where he said, you know, he was talking to a friend of his and said, I haven't seen you in church lately. And the, the, he said, this old boy says, well, you know what, Zig? I, I ain't coming down there, man. It's nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. And and Zig <laughs> said, and I looked at him and just said, "Well, buddy, come on down. We got room for one more." Like you know, it's 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 important to know. And I the, what I love about your story is you've been through it, dude. You have been through it, and you're not hiding it. You're like you're not trying to be fake about it. You're not trying to be like, it's like, you've just, you've been through it, man. We all go through the stuff in life, all of us, some, and, and it's different for everybody, right? It's not all like, not everybody's been through the same exact thing Joe Skelly's been through, but dude, you've taken that and you've, you've turned it all around. You've turned it all around, man. And, and it's impressive. That's all I have to say is it's in incredibly impressive who you've become. I mean, I really appreciate that, Ken. I do. And uh, like I said, I 
Yeah, I greatly appreciate you giving me an opportunity to, uh, you know, to share the story. You know, like so there's a lot of people that'll watch it and really didn't have any idea, and that's okay. Um, you know, like I said, I've just you know kind of turned the corner here. You know, over the last few years, and you know, I've got a lot of thoughts and and ideas. You know, ways that I want to be able to give back. You know, because again, I know there are a lot of people going through some tough stuff out there, and yeah, uh, you know, that's the way I'm gonna you know gonna live it out, man. Just try to try to give back. Can't be thrown different things that, you know, have been thrown my family's way and, and, you know, just hold on to it and not, you know, not share and try to help. But, you know, I don't know necessarily what those things are going to be just yet, but, you know, it's in my core, you know, in my heart to be able to get involved doing some things that make a difference for people, you know, and in addition to what we're doing, obviously in financial services. So, um, pretty cool, man. Sometimes it's, uh, it's interesting as I reflected the last few days, just thinking about the story. And you know, obviously there's a lot of details, and you know, we want to be want to get into all those. Yeah. But you get the gist of the story. You know that it's just you just find a way to put it behind you, man, and you can live the life that you know you you want to live. But you you got to work to get there. That's for sure. Dude, it takes work. You're you're a good dude. Uh, you're you've really, um, man. You you opened up and shared a lot of stuff that. Um, I think a lot of people needed to hear, and and I'm very very grateful um, that you took the time to to hop on the show. Um, we connected the other day, and I don't even think you anticipated that I would ask you to be on the show. <laughs> no, so, I had no idea. I said yes, yeah. and then I hung up, and I went, "Oh my god, do I really want to?" <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "Oh sh, it's time." I yeah. said, "You know." But dude, it. it's good, man. It's good. And, and, and you're helping people, man, like you're helping people. And, and, and that's what life is about. And, and I want to say to everybody that's been watching on the Facebook live, um, thank you to everyone who has shared this out. Well, I've seen, it pops up on my screen when people share, and I've seen a lot of people share. So thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I truly believe that a lot of people need to hear Joe's story. It's, it's amazing. And, and, you know, here you are just, you know, doing very well in life now. And, 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 you know, you, you had to go take all those hits to get there, man. And I, I'm, I'm, it's just mind blowing. So good job, man. I appreciate it. Look, man, if all that was going to lead me to where I'm at today, then, you know, it was, it was okay. And, you know, you're right. If this just uh, helps one person out there get through a difficult time they're going through, then it was all worth it. Amen. You know, I appreciate you having me on to, to be able to share. Awesome, dude. Well, don't hang up on Skype. Thank you to everyone who shared this out. Thank you to all of, for the, all the hearts and the, the love and the, the, the laughter and the, <laughs> So, and Joe, especially to you, thank you for coming on and sharing your story. You're, you're a real rock star, man. Appreciate you. Yeah. listen, Ken, no problem, man. Look, we can't really, uh, you know, I tell you, I'll say it like this to finish, you know, I mean, the, the book is, is still being written, right. You know, and yeah. uh, the beginning parts, you know, you, you can't change those chapters, you know what I mean? But I, you know, I intend to have a, you know, a good positive finish here. You know, I got the opportunity to, you know, to write whatever ending I want and, uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now in my life. And, you know, again, I appreciate, you know, the connection that we made on Monday and then uh, yeah. sure the relationship will continue to build. And I uh, appreciate you having me on once again. Thank I you. look forward to being friends with you long term, bro. So thank you. You guys, um, listen, all of you have an amazing day. Thank you for supporting this show. Thank you for being here. You all rock. Joe, you rock. Thank you for being here. We'll see you guys very soon. Have a great day. All right.